from Relay FM. This is Connected, episode 105. Today's show is brought to you by PDF Pen from Smile, FreshBooks, and Mac Weldon. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Michael Hurley. You have returned to health. That is the very best of news. Thank you. And we have even more very best of news. Federico is back. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'm back. How are you, Federico? Where have you been? I've been on vacation in uh, Puglia, which is in the southern part of Italy. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful place, uh, great food, uh, good people. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a great 10 days. Uh, feel, feeling refreshed. And I'm back to, to the show and I'm back on working for Max Stories. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks ahead. Yeah. Whilst that is great news, of course, there has been some horrible news in Italy this yep. week. Uh, and if you are unaware, there was a, a horrible earthquake. It was just outside of Rome, is that right? Well, no, maybe not really outside of Rome, but it's basically uh, this uh, series of mm, villages uh, on the mm-hmm. mountains, uh, and the location is uh, exactly in the middle of uh, three regions. Uh, one is the Lazio, which is the region where, where Rome is located, and two other regions. Uh, so it's a very difficult positions for, um, you know... Um, for rescue to to reach these villages because they're located on the mountains and uh there's been a more than more than 250 victims and it's just horrible um we were on vacation uh we woke up the other day uh to uh i i I woke up to sylvia checking her phone and she told me about this very early in the morning because it happened overnight and i checked my phone and i had like 50 messages from people on twitter checking if i was okay because the international news uh you know websites reported the earthquake being in rome but it wasn't really in rome uh and i wasn't in rome anyway so if you if you're living italy um uh, make sure to check out. I don't know. There's a there's a number that you can use to send an SMS to make a donation uh, of two euros to you know for the relief fund of these villages. Uh, and I, I would seriously recommend checking the proper uh, ways to show your support. I saw a lot of people, uh, especially in Viterbo, my hometown, uh, kind of organizing themselves to send food, to send you know like uh, items of first necessity. Uh, but instead, I think it's better if you if you check on the official ways to help. And I mean, they, they also said this on the news to try not to come up with your own solutions to send like boxes of food because maybe these people need something else. So I would strongly recommend to, you know, make a donation in other ways to check on your local uh, government office. What's the best way to help? And you know it's it's just it's not the first time unfortunately that this happens in this part of Italy it's uh you know earthquakes are uh unfortunately they happen quite often uh in that area and you know maybe this time we'll we'll do better at kind of reconstructing rebuilding and helping those people uh i i wish i i wish i could say more i wish i could do more um so yeah just you know send in some love and show your support uh, especially financially because it really helps I've put a link in the show notes to a Time magazine article that lists uh, a selection of ways that you can officially uh, donate and help out yep. with the relief fund. There are obviously some Italian-based solutions with the Red Cross, and there are some international uh, solutions as well for people that don't speak Italian or aren't based in Italy. So uh, you can go and do that. So, yeah, it's, it's horrible, and we just wanted to obviously take a moment to mention this because 
it's uh, because of our links to Federico. It's near and dear to our hearts, and I'm fa- I'm for one very thankful that you weren't in Rome. No, oh, thank you, but really, <laughs> you know, I had this, a few people were unhappy uh, when I tweeted that I was on vacation and I was happy to come back. And I mean, of course, I'm I'm thinking of those people. It's just you know, it, what else can we do? You know, it's difficult for people who are not affected by these strategy tragedies too. Uh, to kind of go back to normal life and yeah. try not to think about it when there's other people suffering. So, you know, if all we can do is money, then let's send some money up because, you know, money is really needed to rebuild everything because basically we need to rebuild roads, we need to rebuild houses, we need to give food and, and shelter to people. So if all we can do is money, then let's give some money, let's show our support financially, you know. Uh, I feel like uh, that's what we can do right now. Yep, I've done it. Uh, you should do it too. There's a link in the show notes to help you do that. Uh, but let's move on to the topics of the day. Uh, Stephen, I think you have some follow-up about uh, secure iOS storage. And Federico, I don't know if you have any ideas for this. Maybe you'll have something once once Stephen talks about what he does or what this person does. So we had a question last week from listener Max about how to store data safely in an encrypted fashion on iOS. On the Mac, he was been using uh, encrypted disk images and Glenn wrote in to recommend uh, an application called Boxcryptor, which basically what it does is it encrypts the data on your device before it is synchronized to something like Dropbox or Google Drive or, or OneDrive. It works kind of the way that Arc does, which is a backup client for the Mac. They've been a sponsor in the past where they encrypt your data locally with a key that you control, and then they move that encrypted information to the service so the service can only see Hmm. an encrypted file or folder because it doesn't have the key to that so i guess you would have to access all of your files for this application before sending them off to anywhere else right because pages right wouldn't be able to read an encrypted pages document from box crypto that's that's correct box crypto would always sit kind of in the middle uh, of your workflow and I, i looked into them they seem like they're the real deal um, sure, were, were, but if they ever went out of business, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, well, you—if the app still works and you have the key, then you can decrypt it. Yeah, well, you're not, yeah. you're not, you are not dependent on them running a service to do this. Um, and it was also recommended on Twit Security Now show, so that that's another um, thumbs up in my book. Stamp of approval. Yeah. Kevin wrote in to remind us that even with two-factor authentication, Dropbox and other services can read your data on their server if legally compelled to do so by the government. So uh, we we saw this with Apple and iCloud in the past as well, where the government can say, hey, uh, I need you know Stephen Hackett's um, contact database from his iCloud account and you know, Apple may be compelled legally to do that. And the same is with Dropbox. We have a link in the show notes to the Dropbox um, support document about this. And so Kevin and some other people were kind of upset with me saying that, you know, I thought Dropbox and two-factor authentication would be enough. And I, I clearly, <laughs> I, I was just speaking about having enough security against other people, right, that I don't want Mike to guess my Dropbox password and log in and get all the, you know, sweet hot iMac photos that I keep stored on there. I have them all. Well, um, I think this is just the the world we live in now. Like, none of these services are completely safe in that regard, right? Like, the only way that that you can ensure safety, I guess, is by 
I don't know. Actually, there is nothing. There's nothing you can do, right? Because if there is a problem with everything, so like someone could just come into your house, like the government could just come to your house and take your stuff away, right? Sure. Like, there is no safe, complete safety. I think with just all of this stuff, you just need to decide what you think is safe enough. Personally, I'm happy with my two-factor authentication with Dropbox because all I'm doing is I just want to stop people that want to get at my stuff. Like, I, the government, I, whilst I don't want the government looking at my stuff, if the government looks at my stuff, if they look at my financial data and things like that, like, that's whatever. Like, they can look at that. I just don't want other people doing it, right? Like, individuals. Because I have nothing to hide from any governments. Like, I'd prefer them not to look at my stuff. But I'm not living in this world where I need absolute security like that. So something that can just stop individuals getting at my things, like two-factor authentication, is enough for me. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but like, of course, I don't want anybody looking at my documents. But if it's an agency like that, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I can live with that. I mean, the alternative is to put things on zip disks and bury them in glass jars in your yard. But then that's what I'm saying, though. Someone could just come dig them up, right? Yeah, I mean, I got a shovel. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Hackett, zip disk digger. (laughs) I don't know, Federico, do you have any thoughts on this? I don't know. I, I try not to think about it too much for two reasons. One, I also subscribe to Mike's theory that if any agency wants to look into your stuff, they will find a way. And two, I'm not really an expert on like security and making like encrypted drives and documents. So I try to live with the idea that I shouldn't be a criminal uh, because I will get caught. So I pay my taxes. I try not to send nude pictures to my friends and family. And I, if the <laughs> government wants to look at my transactions, so be it. Because I'm a good citizen. And it sh- shouldn't be this way. But it's just the world we live in. And like, I do whatever I can to ensure my basic security. And I, and I applaud you know, companies like Apple that really uh, want to help users stay safe and secure. But... At some point, I, I I just don't have the time to think about this too much. And I also, I, I guess I have the privilege to not think about it too much. I know it's a problem for a lot of people in a lot of different countries, you know, to 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 have kind of government agencies that, that you know, really go after you, such as we, we saw yesterday, for example, yeah. with the with the iOS 9.3.5 story. It's kind of um, perfectly yeah. timed, this discussion, really. Exactly. So uh, really, we, we, we need to consider the fact that you know, to be able to say this, to say stuff like, I, I try not to think about it too much because whatever, that's a privileged position to be in. And, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know what else to say. Update your iOS devices. Yes. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the other thing. Go right now and do that. I mean, it's, this is all very complicated. And I think the, the right answer is different for every person. If, if Max, the original asker of the question, has something that is really needs to be secure from everybody then he needs to find a solution for that and and i I will say just to because i can hear the emails coming in that you know the the idea that well i have nothing to hide means i can kind of live with it like i don't think any of the three of us are okay that the government can go and and do this sort of thing like i know that i'm not yeah but i'm Um, just i can just accept that this is the world that i live in like there's nothing i can do so i either need to accept it or not accept it and I can right. accept it to a point, right? That, that for me as an individual, like personally, I have nothing to hide. There are people that have things to hide which are good, right? Like they're, they're doing good things, 
right? Like people who are like activists for a good cause, right? Sure. Like I get that, but I'm not one of those people. And I want those people to be as secure as possible. And I hope that they find the ways to do that. But I'm saying for my own personal use, I'm comfortable with it because I personally have nothing that I'm scared of getting out into the world via a government agency. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. Thank you, Mike. But I hope that all of you activists out there who have good causes behind you, you have secure systems. Maybe Max has some kind of reason. <laughs> I'm not gonna not gonna go into this. Let's not paint Max in an interesting light. Stephen, please take me out of this. Yeah, I don't. You're just circling the drain mm-hmm. in a hurry. Um, so we didn't talk about this last week because the goal of last week's show was for me to talk as little as possible. Um, although if you haven't heard it, you can suffer through my voice, and I think the relay Q and A we did came out really nicely. So, yep, go back an episode if you haven't. Um, but you and Jason uh, Snell both were in my office, and you guys saw the IMAX, which are, are still here. And I something really interesting happened where, like, we started pulling them down off the shelves and looking at them, and you guys like picked your favorite colors and made comments about them, and I, I, I it just sort of struck me as funny that. You guys have mocked me endlessly on the show for it, but then you uh, wanted to touch them and see them in person. But this is the thing. They're very nice things to look at. They're very nice things to talk about and to handle because they're historic. But I'm not going to buy one of them. I'm not going to buy 13 of them, right? Hmm. It's still, it's still, I think, valid for me to, to mock the amount that you have. But I loved looking at it all. And it wasn't just this, right? Like all the stuff you have at home, like all the old Macs. Um, Jason kept picking them up to show me the ports on them. Uh, like you yeah. got the Cube and we were handling old iPods. It's brilliant that you have all of this stuff because it's like a, a museum where you can touch things. But I still don't want to own it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm it, happy it, you do. It was fun to, to show it off. So like we yeah, we pulled down uh, all the iPods and everything. We're looking through them. And uh, I, had, I had a funny thing happen yesterday. So... <clears throat> I've I've posted a few pictures I think on Instagram uh, of I set some bookshelves up in the office uh, with some computers and stuff and we had someone in our house yesterday coming to work on something and they wanted to know about them and it was a very like funny moment in my life of like trying to explain this to a person who just saw a bunch of old computers and like <laughs> there's no context for it and and I probably look a little bit like a like a person that maybe needs to get out more but what what can you do. I'm putting uh, a link in the show notes that just says Stephen's Home Museum, and you can go and look at a picture. It's a nice way of presenting them, by the way, that little shelving unit you have. It's a very small number of them. Uh, when I get my studio built, there's going to be a whole wall. It'll be it'll be good. But until then, just a, a few lucky ones make it out of the dark. You have a bit of a problem on your hands now with your collecting, because you now have a bidder with very deep pockets who's in the game. Yeah, this uh, is crazy, right? <laughs> Can you explain what's happened here? Yeah, so someone uh, had put a bunch of old system software on eBay, like I think uh, System 7.0 and some other things. Um, as a side note, the seller was named Marco Guy. I checked with Marco. That's not his, not him. <laughs> um, and Apple bid and won the auction. Um, and I've I've heard of this before from people that that Apple or Apple employees will bid on things and then suddenly you're shipping something to one infinite loop because they have a museum, right? Well, so they so this is they did and Steve Jobs burned it to the ground. 
Uh, but now apparently Campus 2 is going to have one again. But what this person was told, so this person emailed the buyer and was like, holy cow, Like, why am I shipping this to Apple? And basically they said um, that Apple has an archive of software, and I assume hardware as well, but of software, and that it was incomplete and that this person had uh, you know, some disks that Apple wanted. Uh, for they should their, have just called you. I bet you've got it all. I don't have 7.0 developer beta 1 or whatever this was. You um, have a hole in your collection. <laughs> I know. Uh, so anyways, it's kind of interesting. You know, I think that it's really interesting that you know Steve Jobs very famously didn't want to look back. Like He pulled down the museum. And it, you guys have all seen photos, I think, of the Icon Garden. So it was like huge like life-size dog cow statue. And all that got pulled down when he returned. He didn't want to look back. But now Apple seems to be doing that uh, a little bit more. So, I don't know. It's Apple's in its 40s now. You know, it made that crazy video um, that I went through and broke down slide by slide, The you know, 40 and 40. Maybe Apple's just getting a little older, you know. You turn 40, you get a little gray hair around your temples, and you start, you know, thinking about the past. It's that time of year again. It's the Apple Music Festival. I think this is the first time it's the Apple Music Festival. Maybe they changed the name last year. I, I don't remember. Federico, do you remember? Was it the Apple Music Festival last year? I think it was last year when they changed the name, uh, when, when Apple Music uh, launched in June. I think in September it was called the Apple Music Festival. I think so. Okay. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe it was the first one. Uh, Carl's the Grey in the chat room is telling me that it was. Uh, it's always in London. It has run in London for 10 years. This is the 10th. Um, but this is the first time where this event has not been open to everyone you used to be able to apply through itunes or then through the music app or through the app uh, like the uh, itunes store app but this time tickets are only available to apple music subscribers oh, of uh, course <laughs> i think this makes sense like this is these are free um i think it makes sense to, to make it as for an apple music thing i know it's going to upset people but it's like this is something that Apple is giving to its customers, and its yeah. customers are Apple Music customers. It's called the Apple Music Festival now. These are free. Give us some money in other ways. Yeah, it's, uh, it's free asterisk. <laughs> uh, I have applied for tickets. Mm, it's a pretty good nice. lineup. I'm, I'm bringing up uh, my Apple Music app right now so I can tell you who I have applied for tickets to see. Is an interesting lineup, and they, as they always do, like they'll announce one set of people, um, and then they will kind of add more in as it goes along. Uh, so so far, I have applied for Elton John, uh, Robbie Williams. Do you do you guys know who Robbie Williams is? He was part yeah, of Take I know, That. I know Robbie. Williams Yeah, you're is. European, so you probably will know. I don't think Stephen would know. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Bublé, of course. Oh of my course. god, Michael Bublé. Nice. It's so good live. They're so I've applied for. It's also the 1975 Alicia Keys, One Republic, Calvin Harris, Bastille, Britney Spears, and Chance the Rapper uh, are on the bill right now. So uh, I've just applied for a few tickets. I have applied, I think, every single year. Um, I think I got tickets two times, but I ended up not being able to make the, the, the gigs because of work engagements or whatever. But if I get any of those tickets, especially the Elton John or Michael Bublé ones, I will move everything I possibly can to go to those. <laughs> Because that would be amazing. It sounds like the WBC lottery, but for hipsters. Yes, I think that's very accurate. They're probably <laughs> going to give away a bunch of tickets on Beats One and stuff. Kyle's is asking me in the chat room, where did I apply? Um, it's in the news section of the uh, of the app, 
there is a, a button that you can press, like a banner, to take you to the music festival. I wouldn't be surprised if they only have it in UK users. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't the, seen it. Yeah. I think it's UK only. Yeah. I think they did some of these at, the, at South by Southwest for the first time last year, right? They did something. I think it was South by Southwest, but I know they did some Amer- American version of this last year. But this is the this is something that they've always done. Uh, I assume it's going to be at the Camden Roundhouse, as it always is, um, and has been for its whole history. Uh, it's which is a fantastic venue. I've seen some other acts there, so uh, I hope I get some tickets, and then I can I don't know can give my report of the music festival, which would be a kind of a weird thing to do, but I think I would love it. <laughs> All right, let me take our first break, and I want to talk to you about Mac Weldon. And let me just tell you right now, and I have personal experience of this, Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping to get you the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you're ever going to wear. Now, let me tell you, I was in, uh, I had some stuff shipped to Stephen's house for me to collect. So unfortunately, Mac Weldon just ships in the U.S. right now. And I was wearing some of their stuff, and I am blown away. The thing that I was most excited about was to get some uh, sweatpants, because for a while, I've wanted some comfortable clothes to fly in, because I take lots of long flights every year. So, But all of the sweatpants that I kind of was finding online were like, I don't know, they, they felt a little bit too much like I was just rolling out of the gym and going to the airport, which wasn't what I was looking for. I wanted something that was comfortable, but looked good. And that's exactly what these sweatpants are from Macworld. And they are so great. They, I feel really good in them. Like I feel just comfortable. I don't feel constricted in any way, but they look really stylish. They have great pockets on them. They have a zip pocket, which is great for me to put my passport in. And I have a zip pocket on the back as well. So that's all good, right? So everything's safe and secure when I'm traveling. I also got some of their socks and their boxes boxer briefs and absolutely fantastic stuff the materials are brilliant i am so blown away by this i am going to be ordering more macworld and stuff for the next time that i go to the states and just pick it up from someone because this stuff is amazing if you live in the u.s then you should just be buying it right just buy it all the time it's brilliant they also have their silver underwear line uh, which is where they actually have silver underwear and undershirts like it's like so they have actual silver in them <laughs> and this is naturally antimicrobial this is a word i've really struggled with Stephen, can you help me with that word antimicrobial you're asking the wrong guy for sure basically whatever that word is it means that they eliminate odor which is some really cool science stuff mac Warden want you to be comfortable so even if you don't like it so say you buy some mac Warden stuff and you're not happy with it they'll refund you and they'll tell you to keep it they don't want your underpants back you keep them if you get a refund they all of Macworld and stuff looks good, feels good. You're going to look good no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are. Listeners of this show can get 20% off at MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. With the code CONNECTED at checkout, you'll get 20% off. Thank you so much to Macworldon for their support of this show and Relay FM. Love that stuff. It's real good. Uh, we finally can, I guess, rule out the final photo storage solution that isn't owned by a big company picture life is now dead uh, i think oh. this is the second time picture life has died uh, but Dirt, now it is like dead. dead dead super dead i think this marks the end of the curse of the prompt um I yeah i don't know if picture life really suffered from it as much like the curse was we would talk about something and it died and i don't think well, anybody has used uh picture life outside the, of casey list for, for a long time yeah i think he was the only user yep 
So uh, a couple things have happened. So Picture Life um, was it earlier in the year had a lot of issues. They were down for a while. They came back. People's data was not lost. It was still there, but now they're gone. For they also had time. Uh, they had a struggle not too long ago, like a few weeks ago, where they were down again, and like there was nothing coming from the company at all. Um, and it seemed it was looking like people were worried that it, it was all gone, right? Yeah, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to Reply All episode seventy one um, podcast episode just about Picture Life and uh, what what happened there. But the the news this week is that they are they're they're gone, and there's a an update over on uh, their Facebook page. Basically, what's what's gone on is that um, Smug Mug, which is another photo service, and they do hosting and printing and a bunch of different stuff. Um, if you had data on Picture Life, you can now lo- log into Smug Mug and all your stuff is there. You can download it for free uh, from their service and then close the account if you want, I guess. Um, but uh, but they're gone. And I think it's just another example that this is a really expensive business to be in. And really, the only people that are doing it are uh, platform vendors. You know, I guess you still have like Flickr and, and SmugMug, of course, but they're more like hosting services and like sharing services, not really like I, I want to put them in the same category, something like Google Photos or iCloud Photo Library. Yeah, it's it's less of the automatic backup and, and archiving stuff and more like you choose what you put there and then you put stuff there, right? Like I think that's kind of the difference between those systems, which is kind of strange. Uh, does Smug Mug do like what Flickr does where you can license photos and stuff? I, I think so. I've never really uh, looked at them in detail, to be honest. So I think the key thing here is it's quite clear at this point that only platform vendors can afford to do this. Like It feels that a comp- it's, companies seem to struggle when this is all that they offer. Like that, that photo storage is something that is used as a way to kind of uh, get ecosystem lock in mm-hmm. and that the cost of the servers and, and the delivering of the files and all of the infrastructure that's needed is offset by hardware or advertising profits, right? That, that you gain when you have these users in your ecosystem. So I guess you're looking at Apple and Google, right? Like Apple continue to sell more devices to make more money. And also mm-hmm. they sell iCloud storage and then Google, they sell storage if you want it. But other than that, like they're just building out the strength of their system. Like right. that's where they get, make their money. They make their, all of their systems get better, which means that they make money, right? That's kind of like feeding into the huge Google brain, which is something that Google Photos does. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, when you consider how smartphones are really cameras at this point uh it's obvious that you know organizing and managing photos it's uh, it's become a feature uh, of the, the the device that you buy it's not just like an app that you download to collect photos it's an in, an essential part of the of the entire experience and i really struggle to to see how you know any third party companies uh, a company at this point can provide an alternative solution unless you go after the professional market with something like Lightroom, for example, to appeal to very specific use cases. But I feel like the the basic consumer, you know, uh, photo management needs are being addressed by Apple and Google and you know uh, Facebook. But that that's a different story. Um, 
if you buy an iPhone, uh, you know, there's iCloud for library and Apple is now offering, you know, intelligence in iOS 10. Uh, I, I, I really believe it's good enough. Whereas I wouldn't say the same for file management yet. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say, well, why? Why do you use uh, Dropbox? You you can you can just use iCloud Drive. Uh, I I feel like the argument is strong is stronger for photos uh, than for file management. But I fear that at some point we'll we'll be saying the same thing about you know why do you why do you use a uh, a third-party file management service uh, instead of using the default one on your phone. Uh, maybe it's already that way for most users, but for people like us, uh, we're still using Dropbox. But when you look at photos, I mean, there's only Steven at this point who's keeping photos in Dropbox, I think. Mm. I mean, I am, time. but it's not where <laughs> I live. It's not like where I access them. But my photos go there because that's just a system I have set up now. Like, there's no point changing it. It's just another place where my pictures live. But that's not, like, my view. My view is iCloud Photo Library. I don't have everything in there, though, right? Like, as soon as I get a better internet connection, I'm going to be putting, like, my 10 years worth of photos Mm -hmm. or whatever, maybe my 15 years of photos up into iCloud Photo Library. But right now, it only goes back kind of three or four, I think. Yeah, so I I had a lot of problems with iCloud Photo Library a while back. I wrote a big blog post about it that got... An embarrassing amount of attention, and I actually was able to work with Apple support and get basically my iCloud account. Like, there's like somebody like master reset they can push um, if you talk to the right support team. So anyway, so I had that done, um, but was still using Dropbox. And then my wife and some other people, like in like in my close family and some close friends, were starting to use it. And so, of course, naturally, you get questions about it. And so I decided, I was like, you know what, let me just put like 10 albums in this, make sure that the problems I was having with sync are resolved and that they were. And I have since moved, I'm kind of like Mike right now. I've got like some stuff in iCloud Photo Library and some stuff in Dropbox. I'm kind of living with a foot in both camps right now. I still don't like the abstract nature of iCloud Photo Library that I can't go and like poke a JPEG right on my hard drive. Um but what is really nice about it and what I am coming around to is having all of your photos available to you on all your devices is actually pretty nice. Um, and like I said, I'm still not quite all the way there, but even with the ones that I have, like picking up an iPad and like looking through photos from six years ago that I wouldn't have synced over um, and without having to use Dropbox or another viewer app is, is pretty nice. And so I don't know where I'm going to end up with that. But it is something that I'm I'm playing with again, and in part also due to like the iOS 10 stuff that you know you can do the searching and memories and everything. But I still I think like the two of you are I'm also uploading all this stuff to Google Photos, and that's really where I sort of go into really for the memory stuff and for searching. That if I need something and I can't quickly find it in my local library, then I'll just open Google Photos in, in the browser and search for it there. Yeah, I forgot about Google Photos. That is like my need a picture. Nothing else will find it. Like it is the place that I know that if anything's going to find it, that's going to find it, right? Like that's kind of my thinking about Google Photos and how it integrates. Yeah, and they're they're definitely ahead of where iOS 10 is. Now, I agree with Federico's thought that like a lot of people will be exposed this for the first time in iOS 10 and it'll be fine and it will do do the job they want and they'll be impressed with it. Um, but it's nice that there's something that is a little more powerful um, if you're, you know, willing to do business uh, with Google, which I'm 
fine with. So it's nice that there are options. I do wish, you know, I do wish that the the curse of the prompt wasn't a thing. I think it would be, I think this space would be better if there were some good, like, non-first-party options. I loved Everpix, right? Like, every all of the UI that they built, yeah. every, all of the tools that they built. I've never been uh, happy with a, a photo service in the way that I was with Everpix. Like, mm-hmm. that was something that I checked every single day just to see what was in there. But I never do it with anything else. And I don't know why, but, like, Everpix just had the balance. Yeah. Um, and it's, one uh, thing for me, like, with iCloud Photo Library, it frustrates me is... I. I don't think it does the best job that I would like at the the way that it stores my photos. You know, it has that like selective storing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like I go back a picture that I took a week ago and it's downloading. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, leave them on there for a, for a little while. You know, I can't I can't seem to find the rhyme or reason. Like I can look at stuff that's really old, like on yep. my iPad, and it's there. And then, like you said, something two weeks ago isn't. I don't really. I mean, what's the alternative there, right? They they give you like 19 switches to pick of like, uh, do this automatically, but also like follow my rules of keeping everything around for 30. I mean, that'd be messy, but. Yeah, I'm happy for them to make the decisions. I just think that some of the decisions seem peculiar. Like, you know, in my mind, like I would have just thought like, keep any pictures from the last month and then apply it backwards. But they're smarter people than me working on this stuff. And I'm sure that they have loads more data, right? Which means it is why they pick their solution to be the way that it is. Chichi, you're still using iCloud Photo Library completely, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I also upload to Google Photos. Basically, I created um, a reminder each uh, Thursday. I leave my phone uh, connected to Wi-Fi and the power for like a couple of hours, and I beam everything up to Google just as a backup. But um, I browse photos and I search for photos in in the Apple Photos app. I I don't seek out Google Photos uh, intentionally unless I really need to look for something with a specific uh, search query or if i want to like compare features uh for uh, review purposes but uh yeah i got for library is the the main tool that i use to for photos for everything so this is like one of the reasons that i still have like my dropbox thing going is like i have this weird house of cards going on where like i <laughs> you know it's i i'm using the dropbox app on my phone like every time i open that which is frequent images are going up right and then they find their way onto my Mac in like random intervals. My Mac then processes them using the scripts that Federico made, which I'll put in the show notes. Um, and then like all the Hazel scripts. And then Google Photos looks at those folders and uploads from there. So I have like this really weird system, which is why like Google Photos on my phone, it's not very good because it shows me the stuff that is in the cloud and also shows me my photos from my device yeah you so like, like i don't weird... sync from google photos on my device because yeah. i just end up with a bunch of duplicates yeah. um but because i'm not using it as my viewer it doesn't bother me but now i have my photos kind of in all of these different places it's weird because like i don't really consider my photos to be so incredibly important that i would back them up maybe more than anything else it's just the different services that i've used over the years I just haven't got rid of any of them. So so they're all just doing their thing. But it works for me. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like think how better this ecosystem would be if there were even more options. But uh, it's not an underserved market, right? Like, like you could choose just Google or just iCloud. It would be perfectly fine. Um, only nerds like us are going to pick a, com- a combination of them. But um, yeah, like if I was starting this now, I probably wouldn't do the Dropbox thing. 
I would just have everything uploading to Google and iCloud. Like I wouldn't do the Dropbox. But now it's set up. It just runs on its own. It doesn't take any work from me at all. I just let it run. I have like a terabyte of Dropbox space. Right now, I'm only using 22% of it. So I'm good to just let that keep filling up. Mm-hmm. Good luck, everyone, with your photo management uh, services and <laughs> solutions. This week's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, the company on a mission to help small business owners save time and avoid the stress that comes with running their businesses. When I started out thinking about having to send invoices to people frequently, you know, we decided to go with FreshBooks because it was a service that we'd heard a bunch of good things about, but I hadn't used it. And I always thought to myself, oh, invoices are just going to be the worst. I'm going to hate doing that. Because any invoice that I'd done myself previously, I generated in pages, right, using their templates. That's no way to make an invoice. Like yesterday, I had five minutes spare before I had to take a call. So I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll send some invoices. Now, can you imagine having that thought and having to create these invoices in pages or Word? You would just never think like that. But I can think like that because FreshBooks make it so easy. It takes just 30 seconds for me to create and send an invoice and it's just gone. Like everything's pre-filled. I have a bunch of different drop downs. I could just say this client, I want to send them. They took this sponsorship, this sponsorship, this sponsorship. It fills it all in for me. All I need to do is say, send it. And all I do is like, I like to write a little personal note to, to them that I send, but you don't need to do that because FreshBooks is stuff. Their emails are all nicely formatted. You can put your own logo on it and all that stuff. So it's really simple and it just goes out. So I was able to send maybe four or five invoices yesterday and just a couple of minutes that I had spare. What's great as well is whilst it's also quick to send, you're also going to get paid faster. FreshBooks customers get paid five days faster on average because they make it so simple for you to integrate card payments, integrate with services like PayPal. They have their own payment service and you can put everything that you need right there on the invoices. People get them, they open them, they pay you straight away. They also do third-party integrations, time tracking. They do uh, expenses reconciliation if you're in the US. You can take pictures of receipts and, and scan them in. It's so simple. They have automatic reminders that you can set up for late payment. You can see when someone's looked at your invoice so you can see what they're doing with it. You can even see when they printed it, which I really like because that means it's going into accounts payable. FreshBooks is amazing. It's so simple. You don't have to be a numbers person. I love it. We love it. I couldn't imagine using anything else. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial to listeners of this show with no credit card needed. Right? You just go to freshbooks.com slash connected. You can sign up and you get 30 days of unrestricted use. And then when you get to the how you heard about us section when you sign up, please just enter connected. They'll know what you mean. And then FreshBooks will know that you came from this show. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so there was uh, one of the very, very many uh, Mark Gurman articles that have been appearing um, over on Bloomberg recently. The guy's been on fire, and he's had a lot, a lot of stuff. I'm sure that uh, Bloomberg were very happy with the hire, right? <laughs> so I, think he, I think he's doing good for them right now. Uh, this is something kind of unprecedented. I hate when I go to these articles and I have to wait for the video to start playing. Anyway, that's just a frustration that I have. <laughs> um, I want to run through some of this. So a lot, there are a lot of headlines out there that are saying Apple is building a social network, right? That is what people are taking away from this piece. I know what you guys think, but when I read this, that is not the case. They are building what looks like social tools and, and are integrating social networks and social media into their system more as opposed to actually building a social network. I think the wording that... Sh should be used is they are moving into social but this doesn't mean that they are creating 
a Snapchat clone. One of the things they're doing is creating a video sharing and editing application for iOS. Um, this is part of a newly directed focus to integrate social networking applications within Apple's mobile products. It's uh, some quotes from German's piece. And German says that it is a, res a response to Facebook and Snapchat. Now, what it looks like, this application, is it will let users record video, apply filters and drawings, and send it to contacts or via existing social networks. And that doesn't sound like a Snapchat competitor to me. It sounds like they're building some features, like stuff you can do in Snapchat, but it doesn't sound like they're actually creating a social network, but just tools to let you share stuff socially. Am, am I reading this wrong? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this at this article, and it's not clear exactly if Gurmer means Apple is going to do a whole social network. Like, you can add contacts, you can have public profiles, you can have uh, private conversations. Or if they're just testing ways to share with iMessage, but through a separate, perhaps more lightweight app, uh, because it, it yeah, because it really like the way that it says, like it it literally says, send it to contacts or via existing social networks. Like it feels like they are creating stuff that you can sh like, so you can use these applications to share stuff socially, but not that there'll be a new ping. Yeah, and it does sound like. Uh, perhaps uh, a more a more full-featured version of Digital Touch, which is in iMessage in iOS 10, because you can already do some yep. of that. Like, you can you can annotate uh, pictures and videos in real time with, uh, with, like, drawings and stuff. You can... And then you can put stickers, can put on, stickers, them, stickers on them. It does sound like mm. Apple is exploring the idea of a separate app to do that kind of sh media sharing, like uh, annotations, yep. sketches, drawings, stickers, uh, and big emoji, whatever... And it seems like they're doing this separate utility, which is, uh, you know, standalone from iMessage, which I kind of understand. But on the other hand, uh, does it really make a, much sense to, instead of just going to Snapchat and Instagram, to open the Apple app first and then sharing to other services from the Apple, like, video app, whatever? I, I don't understand. Some of the details on these are too blurry, I would say. This takes me into the response to Facebook and Snapchat. Like, the why are they doing this? Like, why yeah. do Apple feel that they need to respond to the popularity of these services? Like, I get the whole idea of services being their business, right? That they're trying to push that sort of stuff. So let's imagine that they are creating a social network just for the sake of argument or even just these tools, right? How do Apple intend to make any money from this like are they expecting that their tools and services will get so good that they might sell more devices that seems like a really tough bet when companies like facebook and snapchat have been doing this for way longer and their tools are incredible right now like what do apple really think they're going to gain by making stuff like this i don't know if apple looks at that sort of thing on a piece by piece basis you could say that about any like one thing in ios 10 like mm -hmm. I, I think what they look at is the the overall experience. And and I, I think I sort of agree with with what you guys are saying that this sounds like digital touch and all the new crazy stuff and messages. Like maybe instead of just sending out via iMessage, you could send that sort of content across you know other other platforms. I have lots of questions about so the technicality behind that, but we'll just leave that aside for now. But I I don't know if Apple looks at every single like new feature and thinks about it as far as lock-in or something like that on an individual basis. I mean, if you look at something like Photo Booth, right, that was a perfect example of this kind of thing. There wasn't stuff like that at the time. 
you know, like this was an application where you could take really weird photos of yourself. And I, you know, know from my own personal experience that Photo Booth helped sell MacBooks at the time. But that's because it was cool then and no one was doing it. So unless they have something that's that's really very special, I just find it strange that, that to do this. Like, I know what you mean about building the whole picture, but this isn't something that they need to build. Like, they can just have Snapchat yeah, there's on a, the phone. And there's two interesting points, I think. Uh, the first one is the timing of this rumor is somewhat ironic because just a few couple of weeks ago, really, maybe last week, there was an interview... Uh, with Apple executives, I think on Fast Company maybe, uh, and Eric Q said, uh, we think Facebook is doing a great job with their Facebook app. We're not trying to recreate the Facebook app at Apple because we don't do social networks. So this rumor is, is kind of <laughs> ironic. Uh, this, the, the second, oh, yeah. the timing especially. The second point is, uh, Gurman says, Apple may explore the idea to package the, func- the functionality into the, the iPhone's camera app. So if you think of Snapchat, and the way that it, that it lets you easily create, and even Instagram, it lets you easily create a story of your day, like a 24-hour rolling story, you know, like a diary of what you see, where you're at. Imagine that feature built into the camera app, could, especially when you consider all the easy ways to get into the Apple camera app on iOS, whether it's the lock screen or control center, it will remove a lot of friction, you know, from, the, from having... You know, wanting to document what you're seeing, like taking a selfie or taking a picture of a pretty landscape in front of you. But it still begs the question, where are these pictures going? So are you creating a diary, a story on iMessage? So it doesn't mean that you can have a public profile on iMessage and friends can follow you. Because reading this rumor, the feeling that I get is of another Apple utility on the App Store like uh, the what was the, the the name of the photo cards app from a few years ago? Cards maybe or cards. Uh, the, you know the which by the way, RIP. <laughs> I missed that thing. I used to send those out at like holiday time or whatever. They were amazing letterpressed cards. They were great, but I missed that. There's a fundamental question: Is Apple getting into the idea of a social network or? Does Apple believe that there's uh, utility in providing an easy way for users to create these pictures and then sending these pictures and videos to other services so they basically want to help Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook? Or is this an addition to iMessage so you can share this stuff more pi- privately you know, with friends? Uh, but if the latter option, if iMessage is the case, why? how is this different from digital touch? So I, I, this is what I don't get of this entire story. I don't. I don't understand. Like what? What? I, I mean, I kind of. I get the idea of there being better tools, more tightly integrated, to allow you to create mm. fun stuff. But I feel like the answer is more APIs, as opposed to Apple should build right. an application. Like it. It just seems strange to me that they would go the route of, oh no, we'll just build it, and then you just share it on Facebook. It just seems it just seems strange. Yeah, but the second the second part of the of the article, I think, is second part is very interesting. It's very interesting, and it makes, from a technical point of view, I think it makes more sense, especially when you consider iOS ten. So Gurman says there's going to be uh, uh, announcements to the proactive assistant functionality to help you more effect- effectively connect with your contacts, and he mentions a way to bring more services together and to get like a single view of every status update, every communication with an individual, with a person. So 
So me and Federico would have a view where in one view we would see all mm-hmm. of our iMessages, we would see all of our emails, emails, we'd see all of our Twitter DMs mm-hmm. in one view, which this is something that has been yeah. done in WebOS and BlackBerry OS. Rest in peace. Yeah. When you consider iOS 10 and the intense API and the way that Apple is letting third-party communication apps, uh, such as you know messaging apps like WhatsApp and Telegram or uh, VoIP apps uh, like Skype, plug into the contact card of a, of an individual, uh, you know, of a person in contacts. So you can open a contact card and you can see, you know, mic, phone number, FaceTime, that's okay, default options. But then in iOS 10, you can also see mic on WhatsApp or mic on Telegram or mic on Skype. When you consider these APIs that they're, you know, kind of laying the foundation this year, it will make sense next year to kind of enhance the contact card with not just icons to open those services, but also a summary from those services. So when I open Mike's contact card, not only can I see, you know, a WhatsApp shortcut or a Telegram shortcut, I can also see, say, the last five messages uh, that we exchange on Telegram or the last uh, a summary of the last two calls that we had on Skype. So I think the second part of the rumor is more makes more sense and is more technically accurate. And I feel like the first half is something that he got out from I don't know, internal tests, uh, one of those things that Apple is still not sure what to do, whereas the second half, I think it's more setting stone maybe for next year. That's the feeling that I personally get, and I'm trying to put words into Gurman's mouth. But it's, you know, technically speaking, I think it, the second half is more interesting for me and also accurate. Just my impression. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I would, I think that I would really love like my phone being more aware of the stuff that I do and showing all of that stuff. Like if I could go just to one view and see, like say I go to Steven and I can see our Slack DMs, our iMessages, like, and then I could search mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, like a, like a universal search across all of those. Which you can word, already do with Spotlight, amazing, right? but I, it could be simpler, yeah. It can't search like the the messages and stuff, and 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 that can be wonky at times. But like you know, like it, universal search is really good for documents. Uh, but like I would like to be able to kind of have it in this one little constrained view to be like, go to this person, all of the stuff between me and this person, and have it all there. That might yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah. So th- that them. But developing a social that network is about right? enhancements to the contact mm-hmm. cards and to have like summaries from a number of places. I feel like that that makes a lot of sense. Doing Snapchat from Apple or Instagram from Apple, I I don't understand because there's only so many ways Apple can fail at social, and we've seen it happen before. And if it's a, an, an, an addition to iMessage, it will require a fundamental rethinking of iMessage. Uh, you know, when you deal with public profiles or, you know, any kind of social networking. So if it's a separate social network, does it tie into your Apple ID? I have so many questions. I, I don't even want to wanna think about it. It makes my, my head explode already. Yeah, I, I think that people saying that Apple are building a social network, I think they've mis- misunderstood what's happening here. I, there's just no world in which I imagine them doing this sort of thing. Like, that is a huge business to be in. And the reasons that companies go into this stuff is the reasons that Apple don't use, Do like you- advertising. You know, like Google have tried to have social networks for years because they can mine data for Do advertising. Do you feel, Mike, uh, like there's a, a potential for a Mike was right 2017? 
about this? I mean, I think that that it should and does just go on forever now, you know. But uh, yeah, sure. Let's let's push this into 2017 now. Thank you so much for that, Federico. This week's episode is also brought to you by PDF Pen from Smile. You can master and engage your PDF foo on every device that you own with the PDF Pen family of products, which includes PDF Pen for macOS, PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone, and PDF Pen Scan Plus. PDF Pen for macOS is the ultimate PDF editing tool, giving you total control of your documents. You'll be able to break free of the scanning, printing, signing, faxing cycle as you're able to go paperless and just keep everything on your lovely hard drive or up in the cloud. And when you're on the go, you'll also have PDF pen for iPad and iPhone right there in your bag or in your pocket, giving you that power to sign and control your PDFs whenever you need them. PDF Pen Scan Plus adds scanning and OCR to your mobile toolkit, so you'll be able to have the full power of an OCR engine when you're away from your desk, meaning you'll be able to scan your receipts and movies, and you and your accountant will be thankful for this come tax time. As somebody who's currently trying to buy a house, there's lots of paperwork and PDF Pen is completely saving my bacon. You know, I've used and loved PDF Pen for my business for a long time, but now signing tons and tons of paperwork and being able to to email those, email those back to people is amazing. I would have had to have purchased both a scanner and a printer. I don't have either of them, and I'm so happy I haven't had to do it because PDF Pen is allowing me to sign all of these huge documents super, super easily, and I've been doing it all on my iPad with my Apple Pencil, so I still feel like I'm signing something like a grown-up. PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone is universal. It's just one purchase of both devices. And PDF Pen 8 now adds audio note and file attachment support. And they are uh, PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro 8 are running beautifully on the macOS Sierra beta, so they're going to be ready for upgrade time. Go to smilesoftware.com slash connected and you can find out more about the PDF Pen family today. Thank you so much to Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. Now, Federico, you know, you've been away from us for, for a little bit, and I know you were taking mm-hmm. a little vacation. But uh, I'm wondering, now that it's been a few weeks since we've spoken about it and you've been taking this break, how is the review coming along? How's the iOS review progressing? Imagine two separate train tracks. So the review is on the first one, and it's going great. My physical and psychological, I would say, well-being is going backwards. (laughs) (laughs) It's going the other way. So you got to, if there's two trains and they're both going away from each other at the speed of an iOS review, come September the 15th, how far away will they be? Right, that's that's a new math problem for all of you listeners to solve. So yeah, it, the review is going it's going great. I left um, I left on for vacation uh, with uh, just a couple of sections that I didn't write because I, I wanted to wait a little longer. I wanted to kind of take some time off to finish those sections to kind of think about them. Um, one of them was Siri, and the conclusion is the other one. And then a bunch of uh, subsections that I still haven't finished, such as Apple Music, because I'm still waiting to see if Apple is going to ship the Discovery Mix feature that they announced at WWDC. Yeah, yeah I know. They're not, they're not <laughs> going to. They're not going to. That's the feeling that I have. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait for the, for the event, I guess. 
And then I have like really minor stuff to add, which is uh, proactive changes, stuff like the recommendations that you get in the quick type keyboard for like phone numbers, locations, that type of thing. And uh, what else? Maybe I get up right about uh, the bedtime feature in the clock app. Uh, but really, I, I finished Siri today. Uh, it's done. I got the conclusion left to do and then a bunch of fixes. I've already... When you say that something's done, done what does done, done mean? mean? It's been written in Scrivener. It's not edited yet, doesn't have links, doesn't have fixes, doesn't have screenshots. So it means it's out of my head and it's on the page, but then it needs to be, uh, let's say, massaged for <laughs> future, for being ready <laughs> for the public consumption. Um, who edits? Uh, I do, uh, but I, I'm also sharing the draft with a few close friends for now, uh, such as you, Mike, but you still haven't read the review. Uh, Stephen has, no. and so has John. I did. And I'm going to share the draft with a few more people as I get closer to September. As I've done last year, I have a really close, uh, you know, really, really tight group of close friends that I want to share this with. Um, but primarily, I do the editing. Uh, I thought about, and I even got a few offers from like professional editors. And it's probably something that I will do in the future. But for now, I feel like having an editor that it's not me will only make me more... And I mean this in a... Not as a you know as a negative comment on on people who do edi- editing for a living, but it's just I'm 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 a I'm a deeply flawed human being, and I wouldn't accept the suggestions of another person. And 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 really, it's it's it. I, I am the problem. I am I am my own problem in this regard uh, because I I just I know how things are supposed to be, even if I'm wrong. It's just I like them to be in a very specific way. So if I my, it's your it's, way. It's my it's, your voice, voice. it's my yeah. way. It's my. It's you know. It's my past three months, and uh, so yes, I I do the editing, Mike, and and I feel like I'm starting to feel exactly like last year at this point. Um, tired, of course, but also really nervous about uh, you know kind of the, the the scale that I'm going this time. Uh, I don't want to give you the word count. I uh, and I don't want to give you the details on the. A really big surprise that we're working on uh, for uh, for the review. Just maybe when we get closer, I'll, I'll show you something. But for now, uh, just it's even a bigger project than last year. And for me, I feel like it's only natural every year to try to do better. So I, I learned a lot from the last time that I did an iOS review. And this time I want to do even more and I want to do better. And I want to have like a better product for readers on the website and other uh, you know, uh, like the ebook and other solutions. So, uh, I, I think so. Here's here's uh, the summary. I think I'm in a good spot, but because um because of my own mind, I feel like I'm not in a good spot. And so, okay. even if people tell me you don't have a problem you're 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 making much better progress than last year you still have three weeks left everything's okay my mind is telling me that everything is not okay and that i still got a lot of work to do and that oh my god the apple event is coming and then i will only have a week to finish everything uh but what's different this time though there's got to be something different good or bad 
like in how you're feeling and how you've prepared and uh, stuff. i try uh, i try to if i try to be honest um i am in a better spot you know i, I i'm uh, it's more detailed than last year um it's better researched and the 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 core of the review uh so the core features uh which are uh, you know like notifications and messages i think i've done a much better job than i was originally expecting uh because i was able to really test these features with apps uh and in in daily usage like in very practical in a very practical sense i think i have a good understanding of what is happening and what it means and the only the only the things i don't like is that I wasn't able to test Siri because I still haven't got a single Siri kit beta. So I don't like that. Uh, but there's nothing I can do. Uh, so so the, the Siri sections will inevitably be more descriptive rather than explanatory in a, in a practical sense. And I don't like that, I, that I'm not a programmer and I cannot talk about uh, playgrounds. Uh, but it's just two things that I need to accept uh, because... Uh, first, I cannot create a Siri app myself. And second, I cannot teach myself Swift in three weeks. So those things I don't like, but everything else, um, I think it'll be okay. And I think it'll be better than last year. And especially because I have John and I have the rest of the MacStories team. They're, 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 every year I, I tell you guys, they're really helping me out. This time they're going way beyond what they've done in the past. So... I mean, if you just look at like the last week or so, they've basically oh, the, run the past the two months. Really, <laughs> whilst you've been on yeah, the but beach. really the past two months, I haven't, I have, I don't want to say I haven't done anything for the website, but it's close to that. Um, I mean, you're I'm doing, doing something, something else for the website. I, 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 my hope is that when it's done, and when it's ready, and when it's finished, just the way I like it, it'll justify my absence for. <laughs> since june basically uh we're we're pulling out all the stops really uh it's gonna be it's i wanted it to be extra special because it's number 10 because i you know because i tried it last year and i liked it uh we'll see yeah what uh tools have you been using this time that are different i know you mentioned scrivener um, we spoke about that many weeks ago so scrivener has stayed the application you're putting this thing together in I'm still using I'm still using Scrivener, uh, but I'm I'm approaching the point where I will need to export from Scrivener, and I'll probably export the draft to editorial. Uh, why? Oh, okay. This isn't this is an unexpected chain of events. So one, why do you need to export it? And two, why are you going to editorial? I need to export it because uh, the uh, Scrivener is not really meant for markdown editing. Uh, it's great for writing and it's great for the first round of editing, which is, you know, just correcting typos and cutting stuff and inserting like bold italics and links. But when it comes to the, if I tell you, I'm going to spoil the surprise, but I basically need editorial for automation and I need editorial for uh, special syntax that I cannot write in Scrivener. Okay, so there's just some little bits and bobs that editorial can do better. Why can't it do it better than Ulysses, though? Is it because of the little ways that you can program things? 
because I have my own workflows. Uh, yeah. Okay, look at that. He's up to yeah, something, I'm, everyone. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take out uh, the workflows that I that I put in the closet <laughs> since I left the tutorial uh, <laughs> last year. Uh, yeah, Brush because them off. really the the best way to save time when you're doing this kind of repetitive editing, um, and. Uh, yeah, I will probably go to a tutorial, even if it's if it's still in beta. I mean, the the latest version with iOS nine split view support is still in beta on test flight, so fingers crossed everything will be okay. If it if it's not okay in the tutorial, I'll probably have to try Runwriter or Ulysses and see if search and replace works. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. Do you? To, to back way up. So you did iOS 9 last year. This one, from what I can tell, is bigger and better. Do you think that this is something that you're going to do long-term? Because it is taking a toll on your day-to-day work. Your, you know, like you said, like even maybe your well-being. Is this something that you can keep up? Or do you just are you just taking this one year at a time? Uh, I, I think I will continue. I like to... I like to complain <laughs> about my well-being also as sort of a defense mechanism, maybe to just accept the, kind of to justify the insane amount of hours that I'm putting into this. But the truth is, I, I love doing this. It's, 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 it's such an awesome project every summer. Uh, you know, the different mm-hmm. steps and the different, you know, collaborations with friends even to talk to you guys about it, to talk about it on the show, it's it's. I have a lot of fun doing it. Even if I like to complain, I, I have I have a lot of fun. It's the time of my life when I get to do this. So, as long as I'm healthy and as long as I can, as I get six or seven hours of sleep at each night, uh, it is something I plan to continue. I mean, I guess it's hard to predict the future. Maybe at some point I will have to say, yeah, you know, John was right. I cannot do this anymore. Uh, but for now, uh, yeah, I, I want to do this. It's something that I, that I, not that I need to do, but that I want to do, which is different because I love it. So do you feel like you're in a rhythm now? Like, do you yeah. feel like, okay, like this is a thing that I can just keep doing and like it's, this is the way that my year rolls on, that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's um it's become a tradition. Uh, I think um I think I've found a structure to what I do with these types of stories, and especially when it comes to the iOS review, I think I've found a way to break up my my summer in steps, so I can identify you know June research, July and August writing and vacation, end of August and September, editing. And I feel like I've adjusted my personal schedule and my personal life to this kind of flow. So last year it was more difficult than this time. And this year it's just, you know, there's something that I do every time, which is until every section is finished, I'm super nervous. And I talk to Sylvia, and I'm, and I'm, you know, and it's, I guess it's difficult to be around me <laughs> in that stage um, 
because until I remove every single document that is labeled uh, in progress, until I have a complete draft, I tend to have a nihilistic view of what I'm doing. But as soon as I know that the draft is complete and all that's left is editing, I feel much better. And according to my plans, so today is the 26th, I think by Monday or Tuesday, I could have the first complete draft, which gives me about two weeks of editing. Uh, but I've already done the fir- first round of a first round of editing. Like I've already read the review from top to bottom once. And as I finish these sections, I'm also when I don't write, I take a break and then I edit. So I'm also in the in the middle of a second editing session. So I do two things simultaneously, which is why you know finishing these sections also makes me nervous because I'm doing two things at once. But uh, last year, I think I read the review five or six times. I think I'll do the same this time, maybe six or seven times of a complete read-through, top to bottom, editing, cutting, adding links, and uh, doing all the special surprises that I'll show you in the future. So we're just a few weeks away from the main event then, I guess, right? I suppose it's the announcement, which I guess we're expecting couple of weeks i guess we're expecting the apple event to be the apple event to be in the first 10 days of september people are saying september 7th makes sense and if that's the case we'll likely see ios 10 of september 14th and new iphones on the 16th maybe i mean if apple wants to release ios 10 on september 21st that's even better for me but uh something that sylvia tells me every time even if apple if apple gives you more time you'll still be nervous until the very last day yeah, then no, more time doesn't help. More time doesn't really help. So just get it over with and be ready for the fourth thing. Yeah, she's yep. right. Most thing I'm excited about, of course, is your review. The new iPhone, whatever, I don't even care about it. It's all about the teacher review. I also don't like to tease people this much. Like, uh, you know, I try to keep the tweets very low about this because people get annoyed and be like, just show us already. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited. There's no point showing people yet. Actually, nothing showing. It's not done. It's just a bunch of text files, really. There's nothing to see. Mo- move along. <laughs> nothing to see here. If you want to find our show notes for this week, you can head on over to relay.fm/connecting/slash/one-zero-five. They do actually exist there. We're not we're not teasing you about that. Um, if you want to find Federico online, he's at Vitici V I T I C C I, and you want to keep it locked to MacStories.net over the next few weeks or month. I guess it will probably last for about a month from now. Uh, if you want to find Federico, I've already told you where you can find Federico. Stephen is at <laughs> ISMH on Twitter and he's at 512pixels.net. Uh, Stephen writes about old things. Federico writes about new things. That's right. You are reviewing iOS 10. I will review macOS 8. It'll be a, a dueling page view battle. You should just go for macOS 10, you know, like really kind of, kind of just match it up there. I'm doing uh, plenty of that. That'll be out soon. Look at that, see? I'm not reviewing anything. Uh, I'm just editing podcasts like this one. Uh, and I am at imyke, I-M-Y-K-E, uh, on Twitter. Actually, I'm not editing this episode, which is, I was gonna say. is fantastic. You're going to do it. So uh, if you've got to the end of this episode and you thought to yourself, God, that was terribly edited, or wow, that was amazingly edited, Stephen did it. 
So, <laughs> you know, you can either get angry at him or you can congratulate him on his great job. It's up to you, really. Or you could just go, oh, I no- didn't notice anything. And even in that sense, I still think. I think that's the real victory. If no one can tell, that's when we've done a good job. So if you didn't know, if you got this far and you didn't see any, feel any change, you should open your Twitter machine and open up a tweet and type in at ISMH and just say, well done, buddy, and press send. That's what you should do, right? That's what people should do. So say, well done, buddy. And you can maybe put an emoji of your choice in there. Make it a fun one. Uh, if you, <laughs> I would love it if you would support our sponsors, the great folk today that have sponsored this episode, Smile with PDF Pen, FreshBooks, and Mac Weldon. Uh, not Mac Weld in, as many people think I say. It's Mac Weldon. It's not Mac Weld. It's a different thing. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios.